into the area. Janček, stamp through, chance, shot, goal! Full stop! Unbelievable scenes at the end for the derby! Hello and welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club, one of the elite clubs in Europe just now, one of just eight in Europe's top 10 ranked leagues that haven't suffered a league defeat this season, along with the likes of Liverpool, Milan, Napoli, Sporting, Porto. That's the kind of company we like to keep, isn't it, Mark Donaldson? It is. More draws than the IKEA straighten so far. <laughs> <laughs> Unbeaten and looking... I, was, I just came up with that. I'm quite proud of that. I'm looking tell. forward to five wins this season and 33 <laughs> draws. To miss out on the top six, but still in a truly hearts fashion to say we went unbeaten. So, yeah, another another draw last night. Or could have been, could have been more, but still unbeaten. Proud though. 11 games, we've played everybody and we haven't lost in the league. Yeah, that's decent. Indeed. And um, Ryan McGowan, would it be a successful season if Hearts didn't even get the top four, but never <laughs> never lost a game? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure everyone would take the position that we're in at the moment. But yeah, I think we'll touch on it a little bit later. It, it does have that feeling of uh, what if already so uh, so early in the season. Indeed. We will dissect the last two draws. I am Laurie Dunster, joined, as you heard, by Mark Donaldson and, and Ryan McGowan. I think this week it's hi, Mark Laurie Donaldson. Dunster. Oh, hi, hi, Mark Donaldson in his hotel room. I've just arrived. I've just arrived in Atlanta. So I, I was going to send you this on my way to the hotel, but I want to get your, your straightaway reaction. So I arrived at the airport, having flown in from Houston. I'm doing the World Series. And I got to the rental car counter and uh, there weren't many left. So I kind of said, look, I have uh, got a reservation, please. What's the name, sir? I said, it's Scarves Around the Funnel. Very good. And it's Ryan McGowan. Excellent. There's your car there, sir. And I've just sent it to you both. That is the Ryan McGowan mobile that I have uh, been oh. driving around Atlanta in. Oh, it's very nice. Um, we will, we'll, we'll have to put this on Twitter because it makes absolutely no sense to anybody who can't see this. It's a bright yellow hairdresser's Ford Mustang convertible. That is the Ryan McGowan car that they, uh, they had available. I can see you driving around uh, Q8 yeah, in that, Gowser. Absolutely, absolutely not, but I can see you driving in it, though. <laughs> oh, suits you, sir. The first time, the first time I got a rental car was I was I was driving to Wales for work, and um, I the the woman was like, "Oh, we've not got the." It was meant to be like medium size or something. It was like, "Oh, we've not got any of what you were supposed to get in stock." Will an i eight hundred be okay? And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, i eight hundred. Well, obviously I didn't know, but I was like, "No, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, i eight hundred. That'll do." As if I knew what it was, and it wasn't until I walked out to the lot. And I was looking around for the car, just surrounded by minivans, and realised that an i800 is one of those stupid eight-seater Hyundai minivans. (laughs) (laughs) The family van. Just just me me on these little Welsh roads driving around with this big black (laughs) eight-seater Hyundai minivan. 
Anyway, I, I said we were going to be short and snappy this week, and we've managed to go off on tangents already. Well, I, I did. I apologize. And I and I encouraged you. Um, I was the enabler this week. Um, so, yeah, we'll talk about Hearts against Dundee. We'll talk about St. Johnston against Hearts. We're going to do a first round of fixtures report card, so to speak. We've, we've calculated a rating. We'll go into a bit of detail on that. And we've had a few from um, people on Twitter as well to run through. So we'll do that. Uh, we're going to look at some of your suggestions for... Uh, shoehorning a heart storyline into an existing TV program following the uh, advertising that has been between Hearts Now TV and the Succession TV show. And we will, if we do have any time left, look ahead to Aberdeen against Hearts this weekend. Okay, first up, we've had two matches since we were last on. The first of those came at Tynecastle at the weekend as Hearts had the opportunity to go two points clear at the top of the table for a little under 24 hours at least at home to struggling Dundee. Now, no changes for Robbie Nielsen for this one. Stuck with the four, uh, 3-4-3 and the same starting 11 that played in the 1-1 draw against Rangers in the last match before it. Um, Mark, we've got two games. We've got quite a few things to go through tonight, so I'm not going to kind of go through play by play, but you look at the stats for this one and it's one of these hearts, 71% possession, 21 shots mm. on, uh, just four of them on target though. But I said afterwards, the, the best comparison I could say was it felt like a reverse of Ibrox where, you know, yep. Rangers had loads of possession. They started quite strongly. The stats suggested they should have won comfortably, but I, n- I was never entirely comfortable in this one. And it felt like, this was coming a, a, a sucker punch in this game. Yeah, they middle to front, they're all right. Or certainly up front, they're okay with what they have to choose from. Um, Griffiths, and then they were able to bring on um, Sheridan and yeah. Cummings as well. There's so many Charlie strikers. Adam in the, in the middle, yeah, in the middle of the park. The the result actually got worse in midweek when when Ross County went to Dens and <sighs> and whipped them five 0 And you're thinking, how the hell? Even my pals are like, how the hell did they come to Tynecastle and get a point? Yet they got absolutely whooped at, at home 5 0. It's just one of those games. And football's weird because you could get done 5 0 at Ibrox and, and beat Dundee, and you're going to end up with more points than you do with a, a very morale boosting draw at Ibrox and a, a morale denting draw at home to, to, to Dundee. But this is, and I want to speak about this in, in a little bit of depth in, in the show. This is where I think we, we just have to be careful that we don't overreact to results like this because, in a way, we, we were in a false position, i.e. we were top of the table um, for a spell. But with that comes expectation. So you have to have, there's got to be a little bit of leeway. It can't just be come up from where we were. Yes, we, we expected to finish top four um, and we added to it. But you're going to get bumps in the road. And remember, Livingston beat Celtic. Celtic would have expected to go there and win, never mind draw, and they got beaten. Motherwell went to Ibrox and drew. Aberdeen went to Ibrox and drew, and so did we. So everyone's had their moments this season. But with that kind of ascent to the summit that Hearts did comes an expectation level among fans that this is where we belong. And it is false to a certain degree in that as long as come the end of the season you know what, it might be the two points we dropped at home to Dundee that cost us or whatever. You're going to get these games. Ryan, I'm sure, has played in many games where you've been so much on top 
and you didn't get the three points. And concurrently, you've also been horrible in a game and somehow you've snatched the point. So that's football for you. It is. I mean, one of the things I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to mention this till after the St. Johnston game. I, I said to um, Robert Borthwick, obviously covers games with me afterwards. As I, I think one of the problems is we've we've not had the balance at this point where we haven't really had any of the games where we've 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 sneaked something. We've 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 really snuck a win where it's like Christ, we were awful today, mm-hmm. but we've managed yeah. to get a win. You know, mm-hmm. Ibrox, you could say balance of play Rangers should have won the game but it wasn't like they battered us I never really felt like they were breaking down the door and we were kind of holding on by the skin of our teeth um, we've not really had that game where we've just played poorly and we've ground out a really scrappy 1-0 I don't think I think we've deserved the wins we've yeah. had and the draws I don't think you could say you know a few of them were fairly even you know the Hibs and Aberdeen were fair score lines I think and then the Ross County the Dundee game, St. Johnson, which we'll get to, they're games that we probably should have won. So I, I think that's where the frustration is. We've not had... Yeah. Ho- and hopefully we'll get some of those. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's over the 38 games. We'll, we'll find out what we've got next. Aberdeen and Dundee United at home, and you're looking at four points, but you could end up with two draws again, given that we've drawn six of the 11. I'm actually looking forward to doing this report card. I'm, I'm going more lenient, and I know we'll do that later on, but... I can, I'm sitting here with the league table up on the, on the laptop and it, it's got Hearts in third spot, a point behind Celtic, three points behind Rangers with the same goal difference as Hearts um, and, and six points clear of Hibs. Let's, let's look bigger picture here. That's magic. We all would have signed up for that. Let's forget about the minutiae for a minute because we're going to go into the individual games and we're going to give our report cards. But that is fantastic for, for, for Hearts. Where we've come from, and how badly we were, both in the season that we went down and even last season, where it was disjointed and we were just better than the shite that was in that, that championship. To do what we've done and to do it unbeaten against every single team. Of course, we would have liked more wins, but you know what? I'm pretty proud of my team that we're third in the table, we're unbeaten, but that's just the first part of the season. We've got three more to go. Yeah, in terms of, in terms of Hearts Dundee, obviously John Suter, uh, scored his second of the season with a fantastic strike, thirty seventh minute. Uh, wonderful goal from obviously one of our one of our best players. I, I guess one of the concerns, and I'll highlight this just now because we're talking about John Suter scoring. Uh, I saw this is my story posting after um, I think it was actually sorry before the midweek game. In terms of goals, seven of our league goals have come from defenders, three from midfielders, um, and. In terms of attackers, if you look at strikers, with six from Boyce, one from Nongdwee, four of Boyce's six were either penalties or one of them was a rebound from a penalty that he converted. We're not getting enough from the attacking players, are we? No, we're not getting enough from Woodburn as far as goals are concerned. We're not getting enough from Barry Mackay as far as goals are concerned. But if they're not scoring and someone else is, I don't have a problem. I don't have an issue with defenders stepping up. Kingsley's free kicks, I think their set plays have been good. My concern is when Boyce doesn't play. I thought Nondouille was all right last night, Pete. You know what Hearts fans are like, and I think all heart, all football fans to an extent are. You make your mind up about someone pretty quickly, and it's very difficult to change your mind. Right? Boyce is the golden child because he scores goals. We all love him. When he doesn't play and someone else comes in, it's like, all right then, let's see what you got. And if you don't do it when you get the chance, then you're kind of ostracised. But what I will say to counter that argument, I was very disappointed in Nondouille as a sub when he came on. I thought oh, he yeah. played a lot oh, yeah. better at McDermott Park. 
I, I don't want to use the word disgraceful, but he looked like he'd rather be anywhere else. So I think the the change in that performance from the one we saw at St. Johnson, and I watched it again, I watched the highlights again um, on the flight over today. Uh, keepers made some good saves. It's one of these, there's maybe one of them you'd think he could have done better, but for the rest of them, he's made good runs. He's got the chances. He needs a goal. Um, but there are that element of boo boys that have made their mind up on him, and it, it doesn't really help anybody. This is where we're in a position we need everybody pulling and pushing in the same direction. We don't need the negativity. That can come if we're struggling. That can come with a poor run of form. Let's put, put that negativity to one side right now. If you, if you can find negativity when we're unbeaten, okay, the, the draws haven't been great, but there's plenty of negativity that we'll be able to have later in the season when I'm sure we go to shit. Let's just try and be positive right now. <laughs> Glad we finished that off when we go to shit. Where's the confidence? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm, after, after last week's pep talk from you, McGowan, honestly, the positivity, but it's typical. We just all, we go. it's a mode that we have. It's a human element of being a Hearts fan. It's like, well, this this can't this can't last. When's the bubble going to burst? And as you said, let's let's keep it going. Let's be positive throughout. What do we have to fear in that league? Honestly, that's more like it, McGowan, isn't it? Exactly. There we go. Okay. In terms of the Dundee game, uh, you're right. In terms of Nong Dwee was poor when he came on. I didn't think Janelli offered much. He came on from Mackay late on. Gary Mackay Stephen hit the post, so could have made it two 0 but. I didn't think the changes affected the game like you would hope. Whereas Dundee, I thought Sheridan and Cummings, especially coming on, gave them a bit more of a threat. In terms of the goal, Ryan, um, a really poor one. I think. I think that's one of the big frustrations about it. You felt Dundee might get a little opportunity to equalise, but it's it's very basic from a defensive point of view. Isn't yeah. it? It's just a long throw, and I think he runs off. Uh, Benigni, is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But even then, you just expect there's so many Hearts players in there. You just need someone to to take control and, and clear it. And at the same time, you know, it's just like you said, it's just so disappointing to if you lost to a wonder strike or someone put it in thirty top corner from thirty yards, you maybe hold your hands up. But to lose sort of goals like that, which then cost you two points, is is really frustrating. Indeed, indeed. So it certainly felt like two points dropped at the weekend, and Hearts then travelled to. Perth on a miserable night. It was absolutely pouring it down to the point we had a pitch inspection an hour before kickoff, but the surface was deemed playable uh, by referee Stephen McLean. So match went ahead with well, best part of three and a half thousand Hearts fans in attendance uh, for a venue where Hearts have still not uh, won. Ryan, since you were in the team back in 2012, which which is, is that the quarter final. Uh, uh, the, uh, fifth the round one before it. Fifth yeah, round. yeah, fifth round replay. Um, yeah. Long time ago, yeah. that. Yes, yeah. So this would be this would be fourteenth match without a win at McDermott Park for Hearts. Uh, Robbie Nielsen said he'd freshen things up. Um, Liam Boyce missing out after obviously going off with a thigh injury against Dundee at the weekend. So three changes: um, Halliday in for Cochrane, Janelli in for Woodburn, and Nong Dwee starting up front in place of Liam Boyce. Um, opening 30 minutes, Ryan, very poor, actually. Uh, Hearts really seemed to struggle to adapt to the conditions and St. Johnson started causing them no end of issues with kind of set plays and quite a direct approach. 
Yeah, I think so. I think St. Johnson were licking their lips when, you know, Hearts continued, continually tried to play it out. You know, I think sometimes, I'm sure Robbie probably said it, is, you know, the conditions, the pitch, the wind, everything. Sometimes it's better just to try and play in their half. And, you know, I think he's, the changes he made with Halliday coming in, he sort of wanted to, to make it more compact and was expecting a dogfight. So I was surprised the sort of first 30 minutes with so many sloppy passes. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, you have to look at it from a St. Johnson point of view. They've got op- opposing fans over 3,000, like you said, team that's undefeated. And then they're gifting them chances like that. You're just going to grow into the game and think we've got a chance here. Whereas if they, you know, imagine the first 20 minutes, just pinned them in the crowds behind you. It just sort of changes the game. And I thought that they, they probably didn't manage that first 30 minutes as well as Robbie would have, uh, would have liked. No. And they went behind 11th minute, uh, former hearts, youngster, Liam Gordon, captaining Saints. He has now actually been given the club captaincy officially uh, scoring at the back post, but similar to the Dundee game, Really disappointing goal to concede corner from the left. It's not actually a very good corner. It's what a couple of yards off the ground towards the near post. It misses pretty much everyone. And in the end, it's a tapping, which is probably a tapping even by Ryan McGowan standards. It's almost over the line when <laughs> Liam Gordon gets there. It was very similar, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, again, sort of you're just wanting the, the person at the front post to clear it or someone to stick a leg out and just not let it go all the way to the back post, but I think that probably summed up the first 30 minutes of Hart's performance, that goal. Indeed, indeed it did, and it was it gave Saints the incentive. They continued the pressure for most of that opening half hour. They weren't, I guess, overly testing Craig Gordon. I think it was one save after an error between Gordon and Halkett. Um, the latter, who was, I think, we've praised Craig Halkett this season, and I think he's deserved it on the whole, but he had a really torrid night, I thought. Um, at McDermott on the on the whole, um, but goals change games is the the cliche, and sure enough, when Hearts managed to get a goal, it did change the complexion, and it's really well taken by Josh Ginelli, which I think is good to see because you know I've just talking about the lack of goals from attacking players. You know we've seen Woodburn maybe struggling to get the confidence that a goal might give him. Gary McKay Stephen not quite kicking on like we thought he would this season. Um, Barry Mackay offering something but not getting a goal yet. So I think it was a well-taken goal. Although, Ryan, do you think Saints had justification to feel like play maybe shouldn't have got that far? Oh, I think so. I think it's just more frustration of they then go on and score. I think I thought he took it really well. I thought it was a great run. It was probably one of the first times that he ran in behind with a bit of purpose. And um, yeah, left foot finish was was really good. And yeah, I could you can understand it from a... St. Johnson point of view, but then at the same time, there's you know it's maybe three or four passes, and you know the back three was so spread out and wide that he left it with a pretty easy one on one, which um, he took well. But I don't know if it was the uh, other way around, would you be you you'd be obviously cheesed off about it? But I, I don't think that it was a massive mistake. Not as bad as the uh, the corner that he he gave the oh. throw in in the second half. <laughs> That was, I mean, yeah, that was absolutely unbelievable. I mean, it. Who was, it was the ref, Laurie, last night? Stephen McLean. Um, there was that He's one. Yeah. All right, isn't he? Yeah, Ooh. I don't know why. I, he must. He must not have seen it. Or, but sometimes you can just go off the off the way the players react because uh, FA Ambrose kicked it out for a corner and he jogs back to the front post. Whereas if he kicked it out for a <laughs> he would have followed the ball. It and was, everyone, uh, everyone was just, 
it was one of those strange moments where somebody has to just talk in his ear and say, I think that was actually a corner. He, yeah. yeah. Like you say, the St. Johnson players all lined up for the corner. <laughs> Hearts went across to take it. Um, and then when he suddenly pointed to a throw, it was like uproar in the stadium. And you could actually hear the, it was laughing from the St. Johnson fans. And it was, you know, outrage from the Hearts fans. And even the Hearts subs warming up came running over everyone. It was just like, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's obviously, it's only a corner, you know, probably would have just got cleared by the first man anyway. But it was just one of those, you're like, come on. You, you wouldn't even. Surely think- if you're the ref, surely if you're. Uh, Steve McLean, you just go, oh yeah, I might have messed that up. But not 5,000 <laughs> people aren't wrong. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, he, he, I thought he had a, a quite a, um, an inconsistent game for, for both sides, to be honest. I didn't think he was the best. Um, but second half, again, we're not going to break it down play by play, but it was it was very much a, com- a completely dominant second half from Hearts. St. Johnston kind of got deeper and deeper and eventually seemed to just settle for like, let's just try and sit in and hold on for a point. Maybe we'll get a chance on the break, but it was all hearts, loads of play. I actually saw some St. Johnson. I saw at least two St. Johnson fans mentioning it's the best football they've seen from an opposition team all season at McDermott. Um, and there was lots of nice passing. There was lots of good moves. I, I thought, I know Mark, you highlighted it. I thought Nongdwee was very effective I, I think yeah maybe he should have scored at least one chance he should have scored but mm. in terms of holding it up flicking it on I, I thought he i thought he actually worked quite hard and i thought he linked up the play quite well one game doesn't suddenly mean he's no great he's he's fantastic he's he's not shown enough of it this season but i think in isolation i thought he was actually one of our better players yeah that that was a big performance for me in the way of a reaction because if we got another I, I was chatting with mum and dad. I think it was Thursday, Friday. Um, sorry, it was it was Monday, Tuesday. Talking about the St. Johnson game and who we would play in attack. And I said, well, the obvious one would be Nondwe if he wants to go striker for striker. I said, but you could play Janelli up there. You could play Barry Mackay up there. And my concern, and, and my mum and dad were concerned as well, about if we got the same Nondwe attitude, then are we playing a man down? So whether it's Robbie, Gordon, Lee, or, or whoever, if someone's got in his ear and said, come on, you've got a big chance here. We're not going to risk Liam Boyce. This is an opportunity for, for you from the start. Um, take it. I want to see a more of a, an attitude um, or less of an attitude than, than we saw. It was like Kevin the teenager when he came on against <laughs> Dundee. It was, it was just that kind of that laissez-faire, manana approach. I want to see them in the, the opposition faces. The kid's got talent. We haven't seen much of it yet, but there's, there's, I think there's something there. His movement last night was good. He got into, give me a, give me a striker that doesn't hide when he, if he misses a chance. And Xander Clark had a couple of good saves from, but he, he kept getting there. So yeah, I thought he was fine last night. He is a downgrade on Liam Boyce, but he is what he is. Um, if I'm Robbie Nielsen, I'm looking to, to bring a striker in, um, a good quality backup striker for, for Boyce and then see how Nondre handles that. He's got an opportunity when Boyce is out to do something. Six draws in nine games. So before we move, we move on from St. Johnston, Ryan, from your perspective, obviously you watched the, the whole game on Hearts TV. In isolation, a draw away at St. Johnston when you've been the better side, it's not the end of the world. But it, it does get a concern how many times we're kind of repeating the same thing. So 
what's the problem? How do we turn these types of games into games that we're winning? It's a million dollar question, isn't it? Really? Uh, I've seen it when I was working it out today, we've played the bottom three and only taken three points. We've not beaten any of the bottom three as it currently stands, which for a team sitting third is not really good enough, is it? No, but um, yeah, St. Johnson, like you said, has always been a tricky place. I just think that we should have been one handling the conditions better and two, just putting them on the back foot from, from the off. Um, but I'd, you'd probably be, like you said, more disappointed with the, the Dundee draw at home. You know, you, I expect Hearts to win almost every home game that they play. So, you know, to drop points there is such a such a bad goal. And um, yeah, like we're going to touch on later, I think it's we've, we've got more points from the top six teams than we have the bottom six teams. I think that's probably where a lot of the frustration from the Hearts fans is is on because if you turn even two of those wins against the bottom three, you know you're on you're on a lot more points. You're on probably seven points instead of three, which takes you top of the league. And I think that's probably more frustrating for for fans to be thinking, you know, okay, a, a draw at McDermott's not that bad. A draw at Ibrox isn't too bad. If you then go and beat Dundee at home, whereas now that it's just three draws in a row, you, it just starts to be a bit like, oh, you know, the nerves start kicking in or players start getting questioned. Whereas, you know, we would have been coming on here saying that's a great week. We've played Rangers away, got a good draw, beaten Dundee at home and then gotten a point away at St. Johnson, which has been a notoriously hard place to go and play. Mm-hmm. Just changes yeah. the whole sort of mindset of of what we're doing. But at the same time, the whole second half, I thought we Hearts played really well. thought they created chances. Like you said, a few good saves from Clark. If if they would have won that game, I don't think St. Johnson would have had too many qualms about about them taking the three points back no. to Edinburgh. No. I mean, their fans at the end were, a few of them were kind of applauding and kind of punching the air. There was actual kind of celebrations that they'd managed mm. to get a point in the end, which I think says a lot. Yeah. I also think that that's, you know, should show the players that, you know, they were maybe thinking, um, you know, McDermott Park is a hard place to go. Whereas, again, like I said earlier, the St. Johnson players would be thinking, we'll take a point. Before the game, if you ask them, take a point, they'd say, oh, 100%, bite your hand off for it. It's just these moments that you just feel that, like Mark says, when the season goes to shit, that you could look back on and be like, if we picked up a couple of those wins against the bottom three teams, then you know, we'd be in a much, much stronger position. Right, let's move on to the... Report card after one round of fixtures. So I put this out on Twitter. So we have received some responses to this and we will go through the responses we've received. We've got a lot of them, so I probably won't get through them all, but I'll try and get through as many as possible. And I'll start with going through the three of us and our rating. So basically I asked for everyone to rate each of the hearts results so far out of five. So a score of one to five, one being awful obviously as bad as it could be and five being as amazing as as good as as it could be and this isn't based on just performance or just result a combination of them both so i didn't want to overcomplicate it by by breaking it down too much Um, and then score each game divide by 11 so you get your average score out of five so um let's go around this i'm interested to what we've all got so let's start with you ryan what have you got out of five for hearts after one re- round of fixtures so home to celtic i gave him a four or just go no let's just go with your, your oh let's go go with your total oh, my first. overall score yeah my total overall was 37 
which gets you 3.3. 3.3. Okay, okay. 3.3 out of 5. What about you, Mark? I mentioned earlier that I'm, I'm, there's, there's more of a leniency. And by the way, the noise in the background, I'm now walking beside a road. It's not like there's lots of... Whatever, I'm just trying to paint a picture. My, my score is 3.73. There's more, a little bit leniency, 3.73 over the 11 games. Okay, right. We're gonna. I'm not gonna come back to Mark for a bit because it's it, he's outside and the sound quality is not great. Just cancel him out. I can. He can. Kick he can out. deal with the stuff. But three point seven three. Okay, that's quite high. So, um, I'm in between the two of you. I got three point four five out of five. Which I mean, when you think about it, though, three point four five that basically equates to six point nine out of ten. So not even a seven out of ten. Sixty nine percent. That's not even a pass mark in a lot of exams. Um, so I don't think it's overly generous. I mean, let's have a look. So Ryan, you were about to say you went four for Heart Celtic. Yeah, That's so I, I didn't I didn't go any fives and I didn't nope. go any ones. Nope, neither did I. I'm the same. Yeah. Given that, yeah, if you say if you say one is the absolute worst, then I don't think yeah. you know, given we've not lost, I don't I don't see how you could say <laughs> we've had a one. I think you could you could possibly go five for some of the games, but then I'm thinking Celtic. I just didn't think we played that well for long spells, but yeah, we, still, we got a result against Celtic. So I don't think you can give less than a four because it's still Celtic. And yeah, I also feel like going into that game, Hearts were overly confident. Remember, Celtic weren't hadn't started well, and should just come in. They had a lot of injuries. Yeah. I felt that that was probably a game where a lot of Hearts fans were going, "We've got them for the for the taking here," but. Um, like we sort of touched on in the group chat, I was more sort of looking back at, you know, you look at Dundee United away, we won comfortably 2-0. You know, looking back now, the way that Dundee United's played, that's a great result. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I put that as a four because I yeah. thought like the first half, uh, although I didn't maybe, didn't appreciate how good Dundee United were as a side, I think the first half we went to a ground, which is still against a decent side and you know we bossed that first half I know they came into it in a second but we pegged them back you know they were basically playing 11 men behind the ball and we were away from home so yeah I gave that I, I went Hearts Celtic 4 I think you, you went the same St Mirren Hearts I went 4 don't know about you is this McGowan or me? Ryan I'm not coming to you just now you're outside okay. <laughs> I went 4 4 yep. for that because again me. that was a tricky place to go and, and they've shown that they've They've, they're a difficult team to beat there. Okay. Hearts Aberdeen, I went three, the 1 1 draw. What about you? Yeah, same. You're copying me. Same. Three. Okay. Dundee United Hearts, I went four. Is that what you went? Yep. <laughs> I'm interested to see where we've differed. Hearts Hibs, nil nil. I went three. Also three, yes. <laughs> okay. I think it maybe I went two Ross County away. Ah, uh, okay. Ross County, two Hearts, two. I went, yeah, I, I went with a three I, because. I guess you could go with the two in terms of Ross County are really poor. In terms of result-wise, not beating them is maybe not the best. But I thought I thought second half we could have ended up with four or five goals um, if we just had a finishing boots on. So I, I can get yeah. why you would go with the two. I was, yeah, I just think we were, we were, you know, they hadn't won a game yet. We were flying at that time. Going up there, you know, we just, again, kind of going to, we, we'll come back on at the end of the season and just be like, we should have just gone up there and, took a couple off them and, yeah. and got back down the road. And I think that's what 
is more frustrating. I remember Aberdeen when they had a, a good couple of seasons. They used to just beat everybody, you yeah. know, outside of the sort of top three or top four. They're just you just guarantee that they would win those games. And I think Hearts still got that little bit of edge to to be going to these places and just putting on a like a Dundee United away performance. You know, just control the game from start to finish, get your goals, and um, yeah, I gave them a two. Okay, um, so. I- I wonder if we just we've gone with the same for the rest. So Hearts Livingston, I went four. Yeah, yeah. Motherwell four. Yeah. Four for Rangers one one. Yeah. Two for Dundee one one. Hey, look at us. And three for St Johnson yeah. Hearts. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, okay. Almost bang on. Um, are you still outside, Mark? Yeah, yes. but it's not as loud now. It's not okay. as loud now. So. I can go through them briefly if you, if you want. I'm, in, um, I'm interested to see because you've got you've got higher than us, so you've been more generous somewhere. So yeah, I've given four fives. That's why. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, Celtic, because, yep, Dundee, Dundee United, United, yep, and Livingston and Motherwell, yep. Okay, and Motherwell. I, I thought we that's what we were okay. hoping that we would do, and I think that merits a, a five out of five. Um, I've got. <laughs> if that's the best, if that's the best we can do, you know, five is the you can't get higher than that scoreline, then. I mean, the Motherwell game performance-wise. And... Sorry, I'm trying to I'm trying to negotiate my entry into. Uh, okay, I tell you what. I tell you what. I mean, give me two minutes for this. No, no, it's fine. You've, you've had your chance. Let's let's see what other people thought. So um, get rid of them. Okay, get rid of them. I'm gonna kick them out soon. Tam, bye. So we've we've got some extremes, by the way. We've got some extremes here, as you can imagine. Tam went two point four. Um, some good results, but a lot of very disappointing draws. In a few hours, you should total up everyone's scores and average them out to get a broader perspective from the happy clappers to the doom and gloom merchants, which is interesting. But I mean, I've not gone through everyone's workings, but Tam, 2.4, I mean, that's 48%. 4.8 out of 10, that equates to. I mean, we're, th- we're unbeaten and we're three points off the top. I mean, it can't be, surely can't be less than five out of 10. Anyway, I'll keep going through some of these. So let's see, Flitch, 3.5. Flitch says, we aren't clinical enough yet. The defence has been very good, in my opinion, though. At our best, we are playing good uh, flowing football, better away from home too. Uh, Recently, perhaps, we've dropped off a bit. A 3-4-3 formation suits us, but not sure we're getting the front three right consistently. Um, Gareth says, a four from me. I think some people have just given on... I've I've skipped the maths part. I'll I'll let them off. I'll let them off. Four for me. Unbeaten and had a few draws against the Diddies, but beat Celtic and drew with Rangers. Third place is better than most expected at this point. So anything less would be unfair, which I understand that logic. Graham Taylor says his is coming out at 3.09. So he's going to round up to 3.1. Bit lower than I expected. Chuffed with some of the away wins that we've recently not... Uh, that we've not recently not been able to get. It was fine about a home draw with Aberdeen at the time, but in retrospect, scored that game much lower. Draws with Dundee and County, poor results. Uh, Preston Pan's Hearts, uh, just over 3.5 out of 5. I've clearly been more impressed than I thought. Frustrated at the last two games, though, and not winning games like these is a slight concern. Preston Pan's, he gave us his workings, actually. He did give fives for Celtic. Dundee United and Livingston, but gave a two for Aberdeen, two for Ross County, two for Dundee. So generous in, in some, um, less generous in others. <laughs> this is my story, is a 2.2. So 
Uh, yeah, hard task there. Um, six draws, five against the bottom, um, <laughs> five against the bottom six, three of them at home, playing very nice football, but no cutting edge. Uh, the boy that said we were a striker away from romping the league and Gordon away from bottom six was spot on. Zero goals from Benny, Devlin, Mackay, Woodburn, etc. Need more. High demands, but um, I, it, what I expected from Liam, who's behind this, is my story, but. He'll represent some of the, the heart's views, certainly. Uh, Claudio Berbeche says, looking at other average ratings, I was surprised to see I got as high as 3.45. Didn't think any of our wins deserved a five, but also didn't go lower than a two for any of our draws. He's on the McGowan and Dunsire boat. Upside, mm. encouraging, we're still undefeated. Downside, we seem to be running out of early season steam. I don't know if that's one of the frustrations when I was saying about the fact that we we haven't had games where I felt like we've been really lucky. Like at some point you feel like these games where we're dominating games and we should be winning, we can't keep having game after game where we are dominating play like that. We're going to get games where we actually are, we're playing worse. Is it is it Sod's Law, Ryan, that we'll actually maybe we'll go on a run of not playing that great and we'll actually start getting some wins yeah. on the board? Well, hopefully we're horrendous at Potodri and nick a win. That would be great. But again, I think it... Uh, also, I feel like some of the games, yes, we've been bossing possession and yes, we've you know kept 73% possession. But I think also like the Dundee game, you never kind of felt that we we're putting them under increased pressure or had yeah. you know the last 15 minutes where we we're just peppering their goals and you at the end of the way, everyone's walking away going, oh, we've threw everything at him the last 15 minutes and it was keeper pulled off this and keeper did that and it's just that's probably where some of the frustration is in draws and it maybe has to be a sort of change of the mindset in terms of let's just go for it you know we, yeah. we are picking up draws Dundee at home as soon as they scored stick a couple of strikers up and just go go for broke do you feel sometimes there's a bit of a a bit of a case of us overplaying at times you know we do play some good stuff and we're we're often searching for a really nice move and a nice goal, which is great. And, you know, you don't want to start games and just try and launch it up and hope for the best. But I do feel like we need to mix up a little bit more at times because for all the play, like, you know, in the first half, St. Johnson got in behind once just by firing over and Stevie May peeled off the back yeah. of the heart's defence. Whereas we don't seem to have that option. We, we seem to, and I think teams... A lot of teams have figured that out. Last season, we saw it in the championship, and we're much better this season. But we're we're also playing against better defenses. So, I think Dundee actually got it pretty spot on at Tynecastle. They played very deep at times. You know, you've seen teams do it. St John's did it as well. When Hearts move into the opposition half, get everyone behind the ball, play really deep, let them knock about knock it about. But when they have it at the back, obviously certain triggers, certain players press them and maybe try and force an error in their final third, they're not going to go long, so they're not going to suddenly catch us out with a long ball over the top. So are, are we a bit maybe predictable at times, even if we have got a, a decent team and a decent system? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think you, you hit it nail on the head there in terms of, I think even a few times, once you drop back onto your 18-yard box, yes, you, you're giving them territory and you're giving them possession, but it has to be a, a quality ball to... One, you know, keep the striker on side and two to split the defense and get it before your goalie gets it. Mm -hmm. So I think they're just kind of saying, you know, try and play that great ball. If Boyce is playing, he's not an unbelievably good in the air. So you, you'd 
back your centre backs to win most crosses that are coming in, and sometimes you know, Hearts end up shooting from distance or taking the wrong option, and and that's probably where the frustration is. I think Robbie might be looking in the market for a a different type of striker. You know, like you said, Dundee brought on Sheridan and Cummings, and you know the sort of the big little one running in behind, one holding it up. It's it just gives you that sort of different dimension and it shows um, last night against St. Johnson with, you know, Janelli going straight through the middle. It does make a difference. And, and there is opportunities there. If you, if you are sometimes a little bit more direct. Yeah. Um, X says 3.5 for him out of five, too many drop points against the likes of Dundee, Ross County and Hibs overall happy with where we are, but disappointed. We're not further up the table. Um, James Winters given more of a summary one. He says we're, we're a four out of five. Love the unbeaten record. That's impressive. We'd, we'd say we've drawn too many games, but on the balance of play, we should have won comfortably. Only the draw against Rangers and the win against Celtic have we got more than we maybe deserved on play, but not by much. Um, Catch-22 says, basically giving us a four for the wins, two for the draws, except Rangers, which is a three, and Dundee a one. <laughs> a very disappointing 2.7 out of five for Catch-22. Um View from Gorgie says, recency bias might see me only give a 2.5 to 3 due to the struggle to score, but given where we've come from over the last two three seasons and our historic troubles away from Tynecastle, I'd have to give us a 4 for the first round of fixtures. Um, Mike Bradley gave a 3.2, talked about having a very solid start to the season performance-wise. Um Pants Chaton questioned the methodology. And to be fair, the, this methodology maybe oversimplifies things. It's sometimes a rating out of five is tough to get a good picture from. But I think it's interesting to get an idea from people. Um, Martin Redmond went with a 3.8. Um, and he ended with saying, you know, really enjoy with what he's seeing. Obviously, we'd ideally convert more of our chances. For me, that's the only bit that's missing. The booing is beyond me. And yeah. Some of the results you've got to you've got to question that. Uh, here's a quite an interesting one from Al Al Hart seven seven seven. He says I split this one on pure result on one side and one on performance, and amazingly both came out at the exact same three point seven. So he did one one line on results, one on performance, got the same results. I'm looking uh, the differences were Aberdeen higher result than performance, Dundee United higher result than performance, Ross County, poor for result, better for performance, um, and St Johnston, poor for result, but better for performance. So that's an interesting way to look at it, but same overall result. Amaruso lets it run, says average 3.2 out of 5. Very solid start, but after three straight draws, there is a fine line between positive and negative spins moving towards our trip to Pataudry. Five out of five for intent from the coaching team and players in terms of trying to play football, but we're still having some missing pieces to fill next summer along with keeping our best players. Two new wing backs and a forward will be on the shopping list, in my opinion. Um, so I'm having a look through. We've got, I would say on the whole, you're kind of looking very similar to what we've said, um, kind of mid threes, 3.3 for Ralph Smith. John Hutchin, three and a half, three point three for Ross, Jill Davies, three point two, Andy Morris a bit higher, three point six eight. Um but on the whole, I would say people are similar to where we are. How are you feeling, Mark, at this point after eleven games? I know you've you've said there's um there's a lot of 
a lot to be positive about, but you mm. can appreciate where there are some concerns and frustrations as well. Yeah, but I mean, given where we were, to where we are now, and where we still have to be, it's not a bad trajectory that we're on. I just hope we don't flatline. That's that's the big hope. Aberdeen away, Dundee United at home, Motherwell away, St Mirren at home. I'm not going to fall into the trap like you and I and many others have done before. They're not bad fixtures, right? Until we go to Celtic at the beginning of, of, of December. Aberdeen have picked up a bit. I'm not going to say if we do this, this, this and this. So I want at least, uh, I'd like to, to go through those four without being uh, without being beaten. I think it's doable. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, there's positives and there's, there's areas of concern and, and, and Boyce's injury is, is something that means he can play one or two and then has to miss one or two. That's a concern until the winter break and the January transfer window. And if we can get him and keep him fit until then, I think you've, you've, you've got to be pretty optimistic. Um, but we can't allow ourselves... We haven't won in three, we haven't lost in three. You, you decide what way you want to look at that. Glass half full... Glass half empty. This is a big one on uh, on Saturday against Aberdeen, and I hope we go with a belief that we can come back with three points because that's another stadium we got the best record at recently. Whereas we used to have quite a decent record there, isn't it? We will look ahead to Aberdeen Hearts uh, shortly, but before that, uh, we pose the question last time on the podcast uh, for the. Listeners, to come up with some ideas for a way to get a Hearts storyline into a TV show. That was after uh, Hearts helped advertise and promote the new season of Succession, the HBO TV show, which had reference to Hearts in it. So Mark came up with some absolutely appalling Coronation Street storyline. Um, <laughs> let's, let's see what other people came R- up with. Ryan's was decent. Ryan's had legs. It, it 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 started off with something. He didn't yeah, really was, elaborate too much, but it was like it was like, it was like gangs of Kaunas instead well, of gangs of London or gangs of New York. <laughs> well, on kickback, um, Rob Knox uh, messaged and said, um, "This is kind of following on because I know we spoke about kind of gangster, maybe Sopranos link." And he said, in response to the request for shoehorning Hearts into current or past TV series, I had an idea for a Sopranos storyline. Uh, Tony is contacted by one of his associates who has connections in Edinburgh. The associate tells Tony that two Edinburgh soccer clubs are due to play in a major cup final and Tony should get as much money on hearts to win as possible. Tony asks his associate how much it is costing to persuade the opposition team to lie down in the final. The associate just laughs and says, hey, Tony, why are you breaking my balls? This is fucking (laughs) hibs we're talking about here. We don't got to pay them nothing to lie down. Their hearts, bitches. They've been lying down to the big team for decades. And I I did picture Polly Walnuts when I I read that, talking to to Tony Soprano. There you go. There you go, Ryan. Yeah, see, it's still my ideas. You'd and you'd be involved in that. That was you were in that game. So imagine the payday you could have been getting for. Yeah, it would have been handy back then. We weren't getting paid. I <laughs> see <laughs> so you. You actually would be a nothing. It would have been Hibs who would have been getting all the money for for lying down. Obviously, also true. Yeah. Let's let's see what else we got. Catch twenty two says suits is ready made for when we take another swipe at the corrupt SFA and Doncaster. Uh, there've been a few. Sh- <laughs> There have been a few shaggers in our team that might need watching around Markle, however. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, 
that's that's a question for Ryan. I don't know. <laughs> well, I was going to say name names. Yeah, who who, who away who for are, a long time? Who were the Shaggers? Or who were the Shaggers? <clears throat> Not going to name names, but I know that this team has a lot of single boys in it. Yeah, Whereas when okay. we were playing, mm-hmm. when we were playing, there wasn't too many back in my day. Most of them were. We had a bit of an older group. Everyone was was married with kids. But um, I think this team is going to got a few more uh, younger fellas who I think are out and about. Okay. Single person in getting partner shock. I mean, it's not, it's not illegal. Let them enjoy themselves. <laughs> if, they, if they go and have fun on a oh, pitch, you get three points. Don't make it sensible, Mark. Jesus. Um, right. <laughs> Twee. More TV ideas. Said I'd go with a Hearts version of Ballers with Ryan McGowan playing the retired agent, and we would get to see <laughs> what really happens behind the scenes with footballers. Yeah, mm. I like that. I think I commented on that tweet. That was the sort of line that I was going to go down in terms of yeah, getting the ins and outs. It would have been really good when I first joined Hearts, you know, and all the agents that were bringing in seven players at a time. That would have been. Um, <laughs> That would have been interesting to see how all the goings on behind the scenes then. It's like a bulk deal, isn't it? Right. If you if you buy two, we'll give you another one for half price. <laughs> Wonder where they're from. Cowness. Oh, there we go. <laughs> we used to play them every preseason. Whoever played well against us was on our flight back to Edinburgh. <laughs> that was the that was the joke. We think we played them three seasons in a row in preseason, and every time we took two back with us. I was just saying, can we can we go down the road of, of kind of brothers or family members for Dylan and Ryan? I haven't really thought it through. I, it's, my mind doesn't work like that. It just comes up with stupid stuff, and it, my mouth just opens, and then you yep. regret what you said. Yep. yep. So there's got there's got to be some. I mean, I'm looking online. There's there was American shows, one called Brothers, and, and whatever. Um, Band of Brothers, right? The the famous TV show. What about famous footballing brothers and a kind of uh, behind the scenes look? At um at their lives after dark. I mean, but I mean, like, what? what I don't know. Yeah, but, what, but how much who, who do you be... really focus on the brothers? I mean, well, it depends what they got up to. Because like, Dylan's what? Dylan's at Kelly, isn't he? Mm-hmm. he is yeah, now, but yeah. like, you're, you're... what would the angle be though? Well, I'm thinking. I'm, I'm, I mean, surely, yeah, surely like, Ryan I... is just Ryan and Dylan, just like brothers who. No, this is people. no. It's brothers after dark, oh. and the nocturnal habits of naughty, um, potentially naughty footballers. We used to, we used to, we got stitched up a little bit. We used to say that because we stayed with Carol Claire's mum. Yes, so Claire. Claire works at the club. So, if me and Dylan happened to venture out in our younger days, which we sometimes did, um, and would get home at a unreasonable hour. We would then have Claire on the Monday morning going, where are we used to on Saturday night? <laughs> <laughs> Just have to check if there was any coaches within earshot. But, um, yeah, that would have probably been a – I always think that, especially following the young players, I don't know why no one's done that. You know, just follow a, a group of under-19s players and sort of all the the ups and downs and a couple make it, a couple fall out. I think – you know all the stories that go on. I think that's the would be something that would capture most of the UK. It would have to be over you know four or five years, but yeah, you know the, the amount of times that players when they're sort of 17, 18 that were gonna you know break into the first team and be the next superstar, 
end up playing part-time a couple of years later and the ones that weren't doing that well were, are yep. playing. And, you know, I think that's a, a really good eye-opener for, for a lot of kids because, you know, it, it is that such a fine margin between sort of making it and yeah, it allowing you to be a professional to balancing it and being, you know, if, if I don't make it, what am I going to do? So yeah, in the late 90s and early 2000s, the Jambo magazine, was out. It was a, I think it was a monthly thing. So I did a, I spent a year and we called it following striker Ryan. So, and it was based on Ryan Davidson. So I'm just thinking maybe as Ryan said, so if we could take, that was a written thing and it was about his progress. And and what was his first game? His first game was in 2001. I think he didn't play too many times, Ryan Davidson, but we were just, we were trying to pick someone from the, the 18s or 19s at the time and, and follow him through a season for the Jambo magazine and, and how he was getting on, the, up, the, the good things, the bad things, and everything like that. I think that's a good idea. Um, and you could pick two or three uh, yeah, players. we get to pick. We get to pick a group, and obviously, ideally, from I a think so, yeah. from a storyline point of view, you want a mix. You want you probably sure. one who makes it big. You want one who maybe mm-hmm. does okay. You want maybe one that completely drops out of the game completely. You, you know, obviously, you can't know what is going to happen. But law of averages, you'd hope you'd get a mix. No, it's quite good because I mean, John Martin just messaged us saying it's amazing football doesn't feature more in TV given. It's such a large part of people's lives, which is a, a good point. Yeah. Uh, let me just fire through some more of these because John McKellar says six feet under. Edinburgh-born <laughs> guy is the one that dies at the start of the episode, gets uh, buried in his heart's top, and the plot of the episode revolves around him sharing his memories of hearts over the years with Nate Fisher. The final scene is the 98 Cup final. There you go. I'm sure hearts fans would like it. Um <laughs> Graham Douglas goes, House of Hearts follows youth player Frankie Underwood, who, after being <laughs> promised a chance in the first team at the start of the season, finds himself not even warming the bench. He explains to the audience his diabolical scheme to get the manager sacked. Yeah, that, I, I, I could see that. Um, breaking the fourth wall as well. It's always, it's always bold. Uh, Liam Hamilton. Um, says in Lost, Jack and his dad Christian often comment that's why the Red Sox will never win the World Series to describe their belief in fate. Um, whilst Jack is stranded on the island, they ultimately win the World Series. Replace Red Sox with hearts. So mm-hmm. simple, yeah, simple, effective. Um, Jamie Ross says, I mean, given our budget could be massively increased by higher Foundation of Hearts contributions, it's quite clear that we need a maverick supporter that is willing to grow. Uh, to grow crystal meth to, to, to <laughs> make that money. <laughs> Whoa, this, this took a turn. Um, it really is crisis point at this time. We haven't won the league for decades. No, Andrew no, Duffin no. says, Hearts have already appeared in another Sky TV show in the 2000s, although with a twist. Dream Team used Sky Match footage with the colour settings changed to appear oh. as though Harchester United, who played in purple, were playing Hartis United were playing in Europe and came up against Rangers. So a game from Tynecastle was used where we won two one. And I, I loosely, do you remember Dream Team? I do. Was I was rubbish. all right. It was all right. Was, no, it was all right at the start, and then it just got really ridiculous. It got like Jossie's Giants ridiculous. But it was the novelty of I. I did like the fact that they, they managed to because you could obviously recognise a lot of the games, and they would obviously yeah edit so Harchester United were playing instead of one team and then the actual other team were playing 
Who, yeah. Whoever messaged you earlier about um, there should be, if it's done right, there should be more football stuff on, on TV that's, that's not just games, like dramas or docuseries or, or, or whatever. So before um, Dream Team, we had Jossie's Giants. The manageress in the early 90s with Sherry Lungi was, was pretty good. There, there hasn't been enough. And if they're done right, I think there's, there's scope for it. Um, for it to be done, and I, I love that idea that that you had earlier of, of following kind of some young players and it, having watched the the Fever Pitch BBC Premier League documentary um, on the flight on the way over, and Manchester United actually filmed the youngsters Beckham's um, team. They had Beckham and Skulls and Giggs and the Nevilles, and Robbie Savage was part of that. So something like that, twenty five years on. Or the other thing that we could do, and again, sorry for kind of just thinking of off the cuff here, you could maybe go back and revisit. So rather than follow youngsters, why not kind of follow Hearts players from the 80s? So find out that Wayne Foster's doing, I think he's still a post and, and Henry Smith, and do it like that in a, in a kind of TV version of a where are they now? And you need, you need, like, you couldn't just follow Wayne Foster on a posty round and getting bitten by a dog every third house. It'd have to be a bit more entertaining than that. But rather than going for the youngsters and seeing how they get on, could we not go for the former players and find a couple of them that have got... Like Phil Stamp, how many rooms has he trashed in houses since he was at heart? <laughs> or has he mellowed? That kind of stuff. That would be all right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Why not? Finally, I've come up with something decent. Why not? Um, anyway. You've come up with nothing done, sir. Absolutely nothing. McGowan's I'm... been going to Hollywood classes and you've come up with nothing. You just... It's poor. I'm... I just I just read things out. I take I take the um take the credit for everyone else's ideas. Anyway, let's move on. Do you want the quiz? Do you want the quiz? Right, let's let's yeah. let's do a quiz mark. Here's a quick quiz. Since Hearts last won a league game at McDermott Park, Ryan McGowan has pulled on the jersey of eleven teams. Name <laughs> them McGowan. <laughs> Ryan will know. You want me to name him? Yes. In order. Yes. So it'd be Shangdong. How, how, many, how many did he get relegated? No, you, you've missed one already. Since McDermott Park. Since McDermott Park, the last league win in 2010. Oh, 2010. Have... A league win. Okay. Yeah. Sneaky. Sneaky. Yeah, you've, you've pulled Park on Kissing? the jersey. Yes, one. Then Shangdong. Two. Dundee United. Three. Relegated. Uh, left in left in the January was sold in the January actually sold in the January uh, was sold to Hinan four was then sold to Guizhou five was then sold to Sharjah six then left to join Bradford seven went on loan to Dundee relegated. We were four points off the bottom. I'm not taking that, that one. We were four <laughs> points. From, four points from safety when I joined. If, oh, when you, when uh, you joined and they went down. Joined, so yeah. Definitely your fault then, isn't it? Uh, I tried my best. So they were, they, were, they were actually in a position of not getting relegated when you No, no, there. we were four points from being oh, okay. safe. Oh, oh, four okay. points adrift. Okay. Four okay. points adrift. Sorry, sorry. Okay. Uh, Still got relegated. I mean, to... if they'd won the cup, you would have taken a trophy. You would have taken a medal. Yes, also true. <laughs> we're, we're eight. Three, three more. 
Three? Yep, I didn't say teams oh, or clubs. Uh, I said I said jerseys okay. of. Uh, Sydney. Yep, nine. Australia. Does it count Ten. if he's just got his his jacket no. over on the bench all the time though? <laughs> oh, I played. Hey, I played recently. <laughs> you played a couple the, months ago. You played in the fucking World Cup. I don't know what I'm talking about. And then Kuwait SC. Very good. Very good. There you go. There you go. I do. I like how I added in. I always sold a few of those moves. I didn't justify a few of them. Yes, it means you're rich, which is Uh, very impressive. Good lad. No, also it doesn't mean that, but it does mean that. Like Dundee United, I was quite, um, quite happy there. Was that that was actually we? I got pulled after the game. We played Celtic, I'm sure, and um, Stephen Thompson pulled me after the game. We got beat, and I thought, oh, here we go. Mix who had just joined. I was captain at the time, and I thought, oh, shit, what's going to happen here? And he goes, uh, we've had a, an email from a Chinese club um, asking about your position, and we've said that you're available to go. We're just letting you know. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> My first son was due to be born in two months, I think, or three months. He was, ended up being due in the, in the February, so that was a bit of a, a tricky one. But, Yeah. And then at the other, so I was there for a season, and then the, another Chinese club bought me. So it's it's not as if I've just been jumping about hey, left, right, and center. They love you over there. What is who in a? What, oh, what in you were just about to say, what do they see? Huh? that's what you were going to say. Well, no, what I was going to say just, just, I just can't imagine you know, some, someone in a Chinese football club's boardroom going right. Who, who do we need? You know, we want to attract yes. more of the fans in. You know, we like players from over in Europe. <laughs> not Ryan McGarren who plays at Hearts. <laughs> Or play the Sunday night. I actually That's did who we very need. well my first. I did very That's well my need. first two seasons. Thank you. So, uh, where Dong United or Henan? Uh, Shandong before that. Oh, Shandong, yeah. yeah. And then Henan, yeah. you scored an OG on your debut, didn't you? Oh, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Could be five 0 by Shanghai. And you scored Oof. an own goal. Jeez. What? Oh, can't remember that one. Oh, there's a shock. There's a, I actually got um, Osman So. That move. Well, that's another story Did for you? another time, unless you want to hear that story now. I want to hear it now. Don't tease so, us. So, as Laurie said, the director of football at Hanan came to me <laughs> and said, um, they'd obviously just got me from Scotland, and they said, uh, we have three players that you have played against. Who would you recommend? Mm. It was oh. Osman So, Nadia Shivsky, and yep. uh, the other striker at Hearts. Oh, what's his name? Wanma? Wanma. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And they said, um, we've got a pool of money, which I'll keep on the low. They said, uh, yeah, we want to, all of these players are out of contract, I think, in the summer. So these are our, our three on our list, and we want to see what what you think. And I said, oh, I think Osman, for the way that we play, or overall, is probably the best player, and especially for the way that we play, he gives us something different. We had a Spanish striker at the time. Um, and then as I left training, I messaged Claire to say, can you give me Robbie Nielsen's number? And I messaged Robbie to say, um, I think my club's going to come in for Osmond. So, so jack up that price, my man, because I know hey, what you, wheeler and dealer. Eh? Yeah. And then uh, not long after that, I had a phone call from Osmond to say that um, Robbie had passed on his number because it looked like the deal was going through. So that's um, 
That's how huh. I helped out Big Osman. And he didn't give me a Gee. backhander or nothing. Jeez. Well, we could maybe follow up what we were talking earlier about and like a remake of Only Fools and Horses with Ryan playing Del Boy. <laughs> right. The wheeler, the Aussie wheeler okay. and dealer. Yeah. Aussie wheeler and dealer. Fair enough. Well, we've 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 burned away a few more minutes, so we probably should move on. <laughs> Aberdeen against Heart of Midlothian this weekend. Yes. So Aberdeen, after a difficult start, have recorded two pretty decent results, one nil at home to Hibs, and then a draw at Ibrox midweek, although um, a few associate with Aberdeen feeling a bit feeling a bit aggrieved after being two 0 ahead and maybe a few decisions going against them. And um, they are still missing a few in defence. I think they were missing Ramsey, Gallagher, Considine, McKenzie, which is why Scott Brown was covering almost centre back um, in week. And they had Funzo Ojo um, at right back, right wing back. Um, possibly similar expected on Saturday, but it was basically a five four one at Ibrox. So. I'd expect some adjustment in that. Now, this is a place that Hearts haven't won at in five. Um, they haven't beat Aberdeen in five, sorry, uh, in all games. And they've lost four in a row at Pataudry and are without a win in seven at this ground. So, Mark, um, Aberdeen, fairly stuttering start, but you did feel like they were in um, a bit of a false position, that they were better than what their initial results had suggested. And now this looks like quite a tough fixture on paper. Yeah, and it's going to be a draw. We just have to decide if it's 0-0-1-1 or Desmond, 2-2. <laughs> um, I, I mean, it likely will be a draw in this one. I would love it if we could get all three points. But they've been a bit of everything this season because when we were talking about where certain teams would, would we thought, finish in the summer, I kind of thought that Aberdeen might not make top six. They started like a... A train. They were they were great. Got some good results. Then they went, as Ryan quite rightly quoted earlier, to shit. Um, and then Kenny McIntyre went on BBC Sports Sound and and riled up Dave Cormack. And since then they've they've been all right. So yeah, just ha- have a go um, and and see where it see where it takes us. Yeah, I'm looking well, forward to Ryan as well. Cami against Scott Brown. I think that could be quite interesting. Oh yes, little shit, isn't he? By both of them. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. Need, you need to specify there. <laughs> yeah, they're both very similar in terms of winding each other up. I was even watching the game. He was in at the ref all the time. And um, I was watching your commentary. I, I messaged in the group chat when the Dundee goalie got um, the yellow card. Yeah. His cami went and got the ball and booted in the goals and it just whizzed past his head. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't see that at first. Um, no, it's funny because I thought midweek as well. He kind of does, he has a thing that Scott Brown does quite frustratingly at times, which is he commits a whole bunch of fouls, but he manages to make them all innocuous enough that the referee doesn't book him. Mm. And they kind of tot up, and it's like, Cammy then he gets booked for something stupid like barging into the St. Johnson uh, goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. That's that's his third card of the season. Yeah, I, mean, right? I just I just think it'd be an interesting matchup um, mm. because I thought Aberdeen made it a bit of a battle in midfield at Tynecastle, and in the end that edged them on top. I thought in the second half, whereas we didn't have Devlin then, so it was I think it was Beningame and Haring, and I think Haring felt like he tired a little bit in the second. Yeah, he started period. really well and he tired in the second half. Yeah, didn't he? so it could be interesting. I, I mean, in terms of the starting lineup, I, I was I was having to think. I mean, I think three four three is a must, assuming. Um, assuming that, like Boyce is back fit, I'd like to see Boyce back in. I'd, I'd like to see Cochrane back in for Halliday, but I would keep 
Gino in over Woodburn, I think. That would probably be Agreed. how I would that's how I would yeah. start. Yeah. I think that would work. I think Ryan, if you've had a good game or you've played really well after coming on as a sub, or you've scored a goal having come on as a sub, you're surely you're flying. Don't put someone back on the bench. Yeah, I think even the sort of if you've come off and you've not particularly done well and the fella that comes on for you then goes on and score, you half expect the sort of tap on the shoulder to say that you're probably going to be left out this week. So, yeah, I, I think that's just sort of how they're going to have to, to take it. He's scored, so I think that in his head he'll be confident and, and wanting to play and I think there's no reason why he shouldn't. And it might be a game, Mark, that suits us a little bit better because they're not... Although Aberdeen have struggled early on in the season, they're at home. There will be an expectation that they'll, they'll, you know, they'll carry on, that they've had a couple of decent results. They're not going to do what Dundee did. They're not going to do what St. Johnson did in the second half at McDermott Park. They're not going to be content to sit in, try and play out this one out for a draw. They're going to try and play on the front foot, at least to an extent. So there might be more space for Hearts to play on the break and, and use the likes of a Barry Mackay or a Ginelli, etc., Outside of Rangers and Celtic games, I think Hearts are probably the style that Robbie's playing are better suited to play away from home. Whereas Dundee and teams like that, Ross County and Livingston, St Johnston, when they come to Tynecastle, are are likely to sit in. And as Robbie said to the Dundee game, the centre backs don't really move. The full backs can either tuck in or have support from the wide areas, so there's not much space. Whereas when we go away from home, I think there's an opportunity in that. I thought I know we didn't score again in the second half, but from the highlights that I saw of the St. Johnson game last night, I just think we're better suited the way that we play. Um, when we pass it quickly and we can get... I don't, they use the word transition over here. I don't know how often it's used over there, but I, I see yeah, what it means. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So when they've got possession and they lose it, I think zipping a pass away... It, I, I just watched that game at McDermott Park. The pitch just looked so heavy and it looked difficult to to do what Hearts wanted to do. And I thought they did all right in the second half, but I think we'll get space to play against Aberdeen. We've just got to stop conceding stupid goals. I mean, that was... Uh, one of our problems, though, is the fact that I, in terms of adapting it, like uh, Craig Halkett, he just couldn't... I think sometimes you do just have to to get up the park, like Ryan said, and just you know play for the second ball. But there was like times in... Even the second half, when we were on top, and there was at one point he had the ball edge of the box, and the Saints players started to close him down. They'd obviously target him because he wasn't having a, a great game, and he didn't just get rid of it. He looked around, and then I think he tried to play it to Suter, who was, had a player closing him down, and he just gave the ball straight to St. Johnson, who then almost had a one on one. Kingsley had to put in a really good tackle, actually. And it's like, what are you doing? Just you're obviously you're just having an off night. He also needs terrible. the option up front of being like, oh, I can. You know, if he just aimlessly kicks it up there, then sometimes that looks worse. Whereas if you know you've got a willing runner or if you've got Janelli calling for it in behind, then you're sort of more, it just forces your hand to, to knock that ball over. Or you know that if you do knock it over and it's a reasonably good ball, you maybe want to throw in or you get the ball up possession. So I think sometimes yeah. sort of centre-back union there is... is you need that run first. Oh, you, you can't can you can't start talking about that. You 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 like to slag the goalkeepers' union, so yeah, goalie goalie union's terrible. They <laughs> count themselves as players. This goalies, the centre backs union. Oh dear. Um, Just where we have to go back to talk about Abiola Dauda, who was the last Hearts player yep. to score a winner there. Goodness on a, me! On a on a Thursday night, was that a Europa League game? Was it? Um, <laughs> yes, I uh-huh. remember it well. I remember Sheesh. it well. 
One win there since 2013. That's that's another place. McDermott Park's a, a horror show in the at league. Le- at least Aberdeen have... Well, well, I should say at least Aberdeen have been good. St. Johnson have won, have won more trophies. Have won three times the amount of trophies as Aberdeen have in that time. So, yeah, maybe they're not as bad as we think. No Prediction. I, I knew you were going to say that. See, I really... Most of the games we've had, although I, I'll, always, I'll always try and take an optimistic point of view, I've... I felt a certain way about a game, even when I've got it wrong. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if we won comfortably on Saturday. I wouldn't be surprised if we lost comfortably. I wouldn't be surprised if just a dull draw. Jesus, I, man. Hedge your best, why don't sick, you? Yeah, hey, no, that's what I mean. all the options there. That's what I'm saying. I don't... Yeah, come I, on I, next I, week, Ryan, go, told you so. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's what I'm saying. I don't have a clue with this one at all. I, I, really, I really can't call it. It's like you say, it's probably going to be a draw. The draw would be the obvious one. But I don't like to do that. I like value. To... There's no value. I- I'm going to go... There can be. I'm going to go nil-nil. 1-1 <laughs> one, one for me, Ryan. I have a bad feeling. I have a bad feeling. Don't. No. That's no. what I'm going to say. No. I'll take a... What did you just go? Nil-nil, 1-1. One, one. I'll go... I'll go the this game where everyone's saying, how the hell did we win that? 1-0. One oh, million. like them, like them. Well, I yeah. said to I said to a few of my Aberdeen supporting mates about the fact that I was like, I want us to get. We need we need the games where we feel like we didn't deserve to win and we win. I said I want a ninety fifth minute Scott Brown own goal for a one nil Hearts <laughs> win. That's what I want. But I, I'm going to stick. I'll stick with nil nil though. Okay. Oh well. Hopefully, after we predicted that we'd beat Dundee about twenty five nil or whatever, and we drew that this time we'll be wrong and Hearts will win comfortably. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, thank you for joining. Um, thank you for tuning in at home. We will be back next week to discuss Aberdeen against Hart and Midlothian and whatever might come up. Until then, goodbye. Shaking my body, under a bad sound.